kind of music you like. Get your facts straight. Stop, I'm sick of your bullshit. Ask me if I give a shit. Uh, how do you say, oh shit, in Japanese? I think the shit's about to hit the fan. That's wrong. everybody, welcome to another episode of the Silver Emulsion Podcast. My name is Will. Your name? Steven, as always. As always. Mm-hmm. Haven't changed it yet. No, not yet. And uh, today, <laughs> <laughs> not yesterday or tomorrow, but today, okay. we are going to be talking about Soy Hark's 1983 Wusha Fantasy um zoo warriors from the magic mountain uh yeah <laughs> i don't know this is yeah. uh i think this is gonna be a short one yeah yeah it's uh i love this movie did you like this movie yeah it was uh very entertainingly just everywhere <laughs> all right <laughs> it, it, it just kind of went all over the map uh, yeah you could say this movie uh, is uh, full of energy. Yeah, it 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 <laughs> seems to have no particular focus. I've, you think so? I mean, it, it it did, but at the same time, it was just like, here's this new place and these yeah. new people that we really haven't said anything about the entire movie. They're just here. And <laughs> it does do that, but I I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times now, so I feel like um, that's how I felt the first time I saw it, and then the more I see it. Like, it's it's very chaotic. It does move very quickly, right? But there, I think there's more. There's definitely structure some, to it than I originally some thought. thematic uh, structuring there of it introducing these various students of yes. masters, and then the masters get taken out or otherwise occupied, and right. they have to take over. It's definitely about the youth inheriting the position of their elders. It is. And that that's a theme that's clear all through the movie. It's just the actual plot structure is all over the place. <laughs> it's like Yeah. <laughs> it is. And Do you I, think that's a bad thing though? In this really. particular case? <laughs> not here, certainly. No. <laughs> I don't know about anywhere really, but it's just yeah. you usually come in with a an expectation of more structure than that's true yeah and i didn't really say anything about this no no i didn't even really uh think it was going to be a comedy so okay yeah so it it, it just launched into the goofy battle at the beginning and i'm just like whoa okay we're we're just gonna have a good time here (laughs) yeah well yeah there's elements of of martial arts fantasy uh you could say horror ish elements there's some like yeah, there was weird a little, uh, monsters yeah there was a weird things. little like undead whatever the hell they were uh, right and <laughs> there's and then uh, those things were badass i love those things yeah comedy and just <clears throat> mul- multiple genres rolled into one entertainment experience yeah 
And that's kind of the Soy Hark style. <laughs> but it, it's uh, so it's hard to explain like his style, though. I don't know. Because it's um, he's a very important part of Hong Kong cinema. Uh, this is at the beginning of his career. Mm-hmm. It's his fifth movie. So the beginning of his career <laughs> Well, it's for different Hong Kong, when you're making like five movies a year, it's right. like he's only a year into the career at that point. If that's that what it's doing, but well, no, he's a few years in because like the 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 days of five movies a year, Cheng Che cranking them out at the point of Soy Hark, those days are kind of over. Yeah, okay, because much like this movie, this movie kind of I don't know how to. I don't know how to say this. <laughs> and I've been trying to like think of it all week, trying to like, how the fuck am I going to boil down the Hong Kong new wave into something that's very like simple. Um, basically all of these filmmakers came, uh, came of age at the end of the seventies into the early 80s and they totally restructured everything about Hong Kong cinema be- mm-hmm. and um, one of those things being the multi-genre like the, the, the idea of Hong Kong movies not adhering to a specific tone mm. like that comes out of the new wave because Throughout throughout the 70s, the the Mandarin cinema was basically the the thing of Hong Kong Mm -hmm. because of the Shaw Brothers. Then through the 70s, multiple Cantonese language movies, which is the language of Hong Kong, they um, broke through throughout the 70s and became more and more and more and more popular and then by the end of the 70s it like basically broke open the studio system of Shaw and Golden Harvest was was crumbling Golden Harvest restructured into uh being of the time so it lasted a few more years than Shaw Brothers but studio systems were crumbling and then all of these new filmmakers who had new ideas and everything came in and just totally re revitalized the industry and made it what most people know it as today because mm. most like the Shaw Brothers stuff isn't really multi-genre and stuff like that there's some instances <clears throat> but right and you know this movie kind of reminded me more of um the that what was it Chinese Tall Tale or the yeah. the more modern one that was okay. all with CG and Monkey King stuff and, and, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. it was just like jumping from idea to idea right yeah and I feel like that's <clears throat> in part like just a Cantonese style of a thing like they their their movies move very fast I don't know there's not there's not like a especially with this movie and Chinese Tall Story those two movies specifically they're like they're not trying to cater to a western audience in any way right they're just trying to be like focused on like this is for the hong kong market (laughs) and other you know asian languages around the world but and 
apparently us. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm fully on board, but um, yeah, it's just I I really love these movies that are not <laughs> trying to follow Western ideas of storytelling and really trying to be their own right, thing. Right. Right. So uh, yeah, this is. Uh, I'm all for that too. I, right. I like right. just experiencing something new here and being like, well, this is not <laughs> anything I would have expected, and yeah, that's. A good thing in the long run, even if you don't get it at the time, you can. It adds to a variety of stories and stuff, so I like that. Yeah, this is definitely one to uh, revisit over the years. Yeah, I think this. I, w- I was thinking that, like, I probably need to see this again to really get it. And like, <laughs> yeah, for sure, because it, it moves fast as a motherfucker. Yeah, like, it really does. <laughs> yeah, it does. And the only thing when I, because I wanted to rewatch it, because it's been a couple of years since I've seen it the last time, and so it just stuck out in my head as something to show you because I just like at a base level, I remember like, oh man, it's crazy fantasy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Got to show Steven because he likes crazy fantasy shit, <laughs> and I didn't really think about it past that, so. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, there there was some crazy <laughs> fantasy shit going on. Yes, lots of it. Yeah, <clears throat> and lots of uh, '80s effects work. <laughs> yes, that's one of the the distinguishing things about this movie too. Um, Soy Hark brought in American uh, special effects artists to help him with the mm. post. Po- the post-production effects the all obviously like the the on-set stuff is all wire work and like right. state-of-the-art hong kong cinema and uh but he, his idea with this movie was to make a wuxia with state-of-the-art american western effects with state-of-the-art hong kong wire work and stuff and like make the ultimate movie <laughs> <laughs> Um, Because that's another thing about the Hong Kong New Wave is most of the the filmmakers of that uh, generation were educated in the West. Mm. And so instead of simply having like uh, Chinese ideals about movies or whatever, they were really like well... um, I don't know what do you say well read but it's yeah. movies so <laughs> well seen <laughs> well rounded uh. yeah like they they have a, a different approach to filmmaking than than uh, a traditional chinese filmmaker from earlier in the, the history of chinese filmmaking and then as i say that i think about all these people in the 70s who are not like that at all so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know anyway they're more focused on uh, film as art instead of product mm. uh, and mm. being western educated helped them to bring in new influences and stuff yeah. but yeah so a shitload of special effects probably every shot of this movie has something <laughs> going on <laughs> yeah it seemed like it I and mean, even if there weren't it was it seemed like there, there were a lot of like uh, cuts to yeah. like reset the stage a little bit uh-huh. or like like I especially noticed when like the devil worshippers showed up and it would just like have a hard cut to the same shot 
uh-huh. with like the d- actors in different positions so that suddenly there'd be more of them or oh, they'd okay. be in a different position holding w- their capes or, or flags, whatever the heck those were, the big yeah. cloth things. And it would just, just to add to the disorientation of that <laughs> scene, it was just like, <laughs> like they were magically multiplying and shape changing in weird ways. And it, yeah. there, there seemed to be a lot of things like that all through the movie really, where they, even when they were just like doing stunt work, it seemed like it would just do a, a cut to a slight, like it would just jump to a few frames later or something to speed it up or something. Huh. It seemed weird. Okay. I'm not sure what was good. It just seemed like there were these weird moments where it, I don't know, maybe it's something to do with the actors moving faster than the frame rate, but it seemed like it was just actually cutting. There might be. I don't know. I don't remember any like specific jump cutting like where the same thing is changing, like like an actor would be moving i know what you're talking about where like they're multiplying and stuff and that's yeah that's that was like the most obvious place it happened but i there were there were other weird places where i was noticing that okay cut and there's things where it cuts like from actor to special effect and so maybe yeah i think there's some of that there's like what i'm talking about too i don't know without like pointing it out i don't yeah I'd, I'd probably have to go like into an actual scene and then remember where that scene was in the movie right and, right and be like, i just don't remember any like specific like jump cutting where it'd be a shot of me like this and then the next one would be me like this you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think it was using it for like some of the martial arts stuff to be like they did this huge move or something and change to oh yeah 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 no there is quick cutting with that kind of stuff yeah to sort of um yeah with with uh i don't know how to describe it but it's kind of like an old thing where to show actors flying or or to show actors doing feats of wonder right right it was like (laughs) it would kind of cut from one thing to the next and then your brain is supposed to fill in like okay they're doing this or that or whatever right so yeah i could see that being seen as jump cuts if you don't if you're not like uh aware of the cinematic language that they're trying to use there like Mm -hmm. i don't know because at this point it didn't it doesn't even like phase me you're just, right. you're I just so used to it that it's, like yeah, yeah like i know what the, they're doing so i don't even think about it but uh all that means is that you just have to watch more i, I guess so <laughs> I need to... uh yeah but that's the thing that like modern movies wouldn't necessarily do because now there's cg and yeah and wire like removal a... specifically where they can just show the same that the whole thing and they just take the wires out mm-hmm. so they don't have to shoot things from specific angles or anything like that. Yeah. Did it bother you? Um, I don't know that it really bothered me. It was just, just like, oh, wow, these are dated effects. Yeah. That it was like, okay, I can tell these are definitely pre-computer yeah. uh, generated stuff. So it's, and I mean, that doesn't bug me, but it just makes it more obvious, I guess. Yeah. It's, so you notice the that there are effects happening, right? But I think I don't. I mean, I'll, some of the effects they don't want you to see 
the mechanism or what like like I don't know that hiding the effects is necessarily the the goal of soy heart cure right <laughs> because there's so much of them constantly right right I mean you're you're definitely gonna know this is an effect or whatever but it it's kind of I don't know it wasn't smooth yeah no I can understand that and so I don't know maybe like it's just getting used to that I guess but well. And getting used to it is just understanding what they're doing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, like, the best way to do that. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. It's Like, if they could actually do something physically without cuts, it, it would be superior, probably, but... Right. Um... Yeah, I don't work know. Work with what you got. Right, right. And because there's so much going on in this movie, like, I don't even know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm surprised that it comes together as well as it does because there's just, I mean, there's cuts from actors and then they cut immediately to a miniature and then they immediately cut out to, like, some wire work shit happening and i mean did you notice that they were cutting to miniatures at all i don't think i noticed any miniatures anywhere because there's a bunch like it's not super noticeable but but uh if you really look for it and i'm right. I, I have a thing for miniatures so i always kind of like try to find them <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah there's a lot of a lot of sort of technical special effects things to, mm. in order to achieve a grander vision or whatever hmm. um so the idea of like wrangling all of that <laughs> into something cohesive is impressive although first viewing would you call it cohesive <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i mean Kind of, I guess it kind of depends on what you mean by cohesive. I mean, like I said, there is this like you followed themes. it from beginning to end, and you you uh, you weren't confused, like visually. <laughs> visually, I don't, I don't know that I was really confused visually. I mean, I could usually tell. I mean, there there were a few moments I think where I was like, okay, I don't know what is going on, but right. it was nuts, but. Honestly, that didn't happen too often. Okay. And I could generally tell what it was trying to accomplish. Yeah. And even if I was well, then, losing yeah. track of a few things here and there. but That's fairly coherent then. Yeah. Story-wise, it's also, you know, chopping forward a lot too. And so there would be another layer of coherency. But uh, you seem to... Yeah, I, I kept that. up with it. I don't know if it's... Uh, it goes fast. I mean, right at the beginning, it's just like narrating a bunch of like you know this guy's you know this is happening blah 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 blah, and here's there's this sect and that sect and you know <laughs> yeah that was uh <laughs> it helps that they're all color-coded <laughs> yeah that was that was very nice <laughs> the, the two guys were like oh man this battle's really colorful <laughs> it was just like, like yeah yeah there's freaking every color of the rainbow is trying to kill each other here Yeah, another uh, it's it is based on a book, um, an eight volume oh, wow. no novel, wuxia novel. So, um, I don't know 
anything about the book. It's uh, unlike a lot of wuxia stories that are made into movies. This was written in the 30s and the 40s. This is usually most of the stuff that's adapted um, from the 70s on is stuff written from the 50s to the 70s, basically. Hmm. These, uh, that was like the heyday of wuxia storytelling in, in novel form and serialized form and stuff. But this one was written before that, so I don't really know anything about it. And English uh, information <laughs> is not really, yeah. not, not really forthcoming. So anyway, it was an eight-volume book. I know that. And I uh, guess that depends on how long each volume was. Right. Well, it, it looks pretty hefty. Like, yeah. it looks like a big box set, mm-hmm. the Chinese edition anyway. There's no other edition, but right. the one I saw was just this big, you know, it looked like eight volumes. It didn't look short in any way. Um, and so there's Zoe Hark trying to condense that at some level. And then, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm familiar with that in anime. anime right. does that a lot of just condensing down larger tales and jumping about so I, th- I think in a lot of ways that has prepared me for this movie and just like <laughs> i'm yeah I, i've seen fist of the north star it's <laughs> that one just bounces uh, right down the the plot line right. rapidly and that's not even one of the confusing anime uh, adaptations for stuff like that so right yeah so i mean i'm kind of I, I kind of have the hang of that, so I, I could see the plot going, and, going, and it's like, oh, wow, they're just really ramming through this plot. <laughs> yeah. They're not lingering on anything. but Not at all. Like, <laughs> not even for a moment, really, at all. I mean, maybe there's a couple of scenes where it kind of slows down a bit, but it's pretty much just... It's- <laughs> It's just a hectic pace all the way through, yeah. I fucking love it, though. I don't, I don't know. I mean, when I first saw it, like I said, I didn't, I wasn't completely on board. I saw it when I was a teenager, and I was like, ah, I don't know. Um, I was more interested in seeing fights, and there's not a huge amount of fighting in this movie in a what you think of as a Hong Kong fight yeah, scene. Yeah, there's. there's it's there's a lot of fight scenes but they're like fantasy fight scenes right it's like there's more we have this weird magic sword that's gonna duplicate and turn yeah. into a million swords flying all over the goddamn place <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, rather than some actual back and forth right uh, right dueling uh, encounter but and so that that kind of stopped me from really getting into it when i was younger but uh nowadays i don't give a shit because <laughs> there's plenty of other movies for that Right, and a lot of movies don't have this level of fantasy, Western or otherwise. You know, any yeah, yeah, any kind of uh, movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's got ideas that it's just chucking left and right. So yeah, the little, the castle with that gets frozen over and yeah, that uh, the fortress. Uh, I forget what they call it, celestial something. Yeah, that weird ice palace, whatever. Weird demon thing that the 
the dude with the eyebrows ties yeah, up in yeah. his eyebrows. <laughs> right, and he, yeah, he's, he stops it with his eyebrows and his mustache and stuff. Sammo Hung played it out. It's, uh, two uh, roles Sammo Hung plays in this movie. Oh, okay, he's two of them. All right. He is plays... He the uh, guy chained to the ball, or...? No, he is the red soldier at the beginning with oh, uh, okay. with Yun Bu and and uh, he is the uh, the guy with the eyebrows <laughs> doing his eyebrow stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I have to say at first I thought it was going to be like this comedic duo team of the red guy and the blue guy like, yeah. just trying to survive with the whole world just constantly uh, going after them for no good reason it does and, and, it does seem like that at the beginning and then it just veers hard <laughs> in a completely different direction yeah yeah the uh, the blue soldier played by Yoon Byu, he uh, schoolmate of Sammo and Jackie Chan and all them. Um, he like falls into some sort of cavern or <laughs> something, yeah, like and then uh, and then it just he has an adventure from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll say that's an adventure, <laughs> all right. <laughs> And and then the the fantasy begins and the fantasy begins yes and it never ends <laughs> yeah I've, uh, at first I was thinking because you told me it was a wuxia and yeah. then I just see these two normal soldier guys just battling and it's really goofy and kind of yeah maybe not Jackie Chan style but kind of like kind of that same vibe of uh, yeah just silly antics during combat uh, right. I was like, oh, this doesn't seem very wuxia. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> just, yeah, just, just wait a minute. <laughs> More fucking there. wuxia than you can handle. <laughs> and, and yeah, then, then he uh, goes into the cavern and the weird demon things show up. And holy crap, does it get crazy from there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to say because it's just it's just so fucking over the top. And wonderful, I love it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the weird little just skulls that are just lying around with a symbol burned into their forehead, and yeah, there's just all sorts of weird, crazy <laughs> shit going on. The, that weird hole in the wall that they jump in, and it's water inside. And yeah, water. like what the hell was that? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I like that I don't know. I like that they don't explain it. Yeah, um, it's just sort of there. Like, hey, there's, there's a hole. Let's let's go jump in it. Okay. Right. They jump through a hole, which looks like a window, sort of a just a hole in a rock. When they emerge, it's water. They're jumping into water, sort of at the wrong angle. Theoretically, the water should be coming out, but it's it's a magical land, so yeah, it doesn't just, uh, doesn't follow logic. Uh, no, no, we understand it. Right, it's it's a wuxia logic. Like, of course, <laughs> it's some sort of portal or something. Yeah. I don't even see it as a portal, though. Like, portal to me, the word makes it seem like they're transporting somewhere, whereas I feel like it's right there. Like it's just, it's just, just a lake out there. Yeah, they're just, just going through it. The lake has an underground entrance that you <laughs> <laughs> that for some reason doesn't flood the cave. Right, right. <laughs> Well, that's in the uh, the ice palace up in the sky. So maybe there's a you know they ice has to come from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's their water supply <laughs> yeah, to make the their ice reservoir. Out of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just 
I loved all the weird little statues they were riding around on. The the mistress of the fort was having the duel with the guy, and they're just yeah flying around on statues and <laughs> more shit going on than you can recount. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just like a nonstop thing. It really is. The um. I just don't even know what to say, honestly. <laughs> I'm bad. I shouldn't pick these movies that I just love too much because it's just like I don't know. It's, it's fucking fun. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I it just yeah. Like, what to say about it? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's. Uh... Oh, so which one was Bridget Lynn? Was she the mistress of the fortress? She is, yeah. She's okay. the, the leader of the ice palace that uh, cures the, the poison. Yeah. That was her. All right. I, I got it right. Yes, you were correct. <laughs> she she also plays the, uh, the bride <clears throat> and the bride with white hair and many other movies. I don't think she's been in other things we've done. No, I think bride with white hair is the only other one I saw her in. She's in a lot of stuff, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's. She's in anything that we watched. Yeah, I, I think mostly her na- she stands out to me because her name is Bridget, and it's like, oh, well, that's a name I can just recognize. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, very, uh, English name. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Hong Kong <clears throat> actors take the uh, Westernized first name, and uh, in an effort to be recognizable like that to uh, a yeah. global audience. So I, I see that and go, oh, that's not just some random Chinese name I have no idea about. That's right. something I can hang an identity on. And yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, Jackie Chan, obviously, is yeah. a name like that. Sammo is a given right. name like that. Um, Yoon Bu never did it. Um, I'm sure on some VHS somebody gave him one <laughs> at some point, but I don't remember what it is if I do, if he did have one given to him but there's yeah most of the people in this movie the uh assume bruce lee yes he would be one yes yes for sure not that he's in this movie but no no a general example of no (laughs) there's people who who's refused to do it chow yun fat is one of them Mm -hmm. and uh it's kind of like a cultural identity like they don't want to become westernized there's you know right. there's an idea of like no i'm i'm fucking chinese it's my <laughs> fucking name <laughs> you're gonna learn it <laughs> well it's a chai on fat it's not a hard name to learn no it's not and, it's, and it's, not. it's very um sounds very uh hungry food oriented <laughs> yes <laughs> you chow on some fat here <laughs> right 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 it's so it kind of it is a very memorable name right it even is without knowing Chinese or being familiar with right. Chinese names. It always is most of the time because it is such a a, a known name uh, American movies when he would in, be in American movies they they would get it right. They would call him Chow Yun Fat, but every once in a while you see Yun Fat Chow and it's just like <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> Come on. Get it together and like fuck. They're not calling him Pit Brad in, <laughs> in fucking Hong Kong, you know? Like, just call him what his fucking name is. But yeah, um, it's a common thing. People do it in Hong Kong. Yeah. So, 
Even, I mean, it goes back. Even like Shaw Brothers stars, a lot of them have westernized names too. Not all of them. It's less so then, but but uh, yeah, there's there's usually a few like English names scattered in the credits and yeah. places. Yeah, I, I don't. It's not really a uh, a Japanese thing to do, is it? Not really. No, I've rarely seen anything like that in Japanese. It tends not to not to happen. Yeah, I can't really think of any. I mean, Sunny Chiba is the only one that I can think of. His n- actual name is Shinichi Chiba, but uh, yeah, even that Sunny's half just an abbreviation of that more than it is. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, I don't really think, know of any, I mean, there's got to be somebody, but. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. More, It's more so like nicknames, like like yeah. uh, there's a director, actor called Takeshi Katano, and his name is Takeshi Katano, he's not called Takeshi Katano, <laughs> that's his name, but he also goes by Beat Takeshi. Oh, right, right. And yeah, so was, I don't know uh, what Beat it is like i don't know where that comes from but yeah yeah i noticed that in uh the live action ghost in the shell movie he was in that oh weird he's in that oh. yeah <laughs> and i think they in the official credit listing they did call him ta- like takashi beat guitar or something like they actually oh, put, they, the, they put the nickname okay. in there okay yeah so he's awesome like he, he's he a was, he's a guy to look into if you yeah if you're he was not familiar. you know he was one of the most enjoyable parts of the Ghost in the Shell movie so he's fucking he's, awesome yeah, he was he nailed it there so he's a great actor and uh, he makes a fucking shitload of movies um, from probably the 80s and he's still making movies now lots of dope like yakuza dramas and really good shit like uh, I don't know. There was a movie in the late 90s that got released in the U.S. called Sonatine that's really good. <laughs> and uh, I haven't seen any of the newer ones, but just like the old 90s stuff like Sonatine and Boiling Point and all these fucking dope-ass movies. He's awesome. He's awesome. Um, there was something else I was going to say about him. That's what it was. He, uh, <laughs> sidebar, he hates video games. <laughs> He fucking hates them. He hates them, and he thinks that they're worthless pursuits, and he really fucking hates them to the point that um, I don't know. I assume he still hates them. (laughs) But during the NES days, he made, well, he made a Famicom game, and I don't remember what it's called, but he made this game, and he tried to make it. I mean, he directed it, you know, he he told people right. to make this game and he, he made it to be the most ridiculously hard, long bullshit fucking game ever. And and just like it takes hours and hours and hours of like repetitive, not fun, <laughs> like gameplay, quote unquote gameplay. Um, and I can't remember like the things that you do, but it's the most fucking mundane, dumb shit and you have to do it for hours, and then if you get to the end and you finally beat all of these stupid fucking boring levels, he's just just like, you fucking beat the game. Too bad, like, you fucking wasted your life. (laughs) The end. And then it just, like, starts over. (laughs) Uh, 
it's uh, notorious <clears throat> as being one of the uh, like most fucked up games because it's specifically trying to like <laughs> prove a point that games are stupid. <laughs> you know, it's kind of it's kind of funny because it reminds me of. A game that I think Penn and Teller made. Yeah, they made some like driving game. Yeah, it or was something like, like that. Desert yeah. Bus or something, which which was like the opposite point, which was that people were like, "Oh, games are so unrealistic." It's like, well, okay, we're gonna make you a realistic game. We'll give you what you want—a realistic game. Here's a game where you're gonna drive a bus from like Las Vegas to L.A. or whatever, and it's just like you're just gonna drive for like the actual like however many hours that trip yeah. is gonna be. <laughs> It was just like, and there's nothing there. It's just an empty freaking road. <laughs> You're just going to drive. Uh, and, and if you get all the way there and back, you get one point. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Yeah. They're definitely uh, spiritual brothers. <laughs> Despite in gaming. Yeah. being complete opposites of... The Penn and Teller one being kind of embracing of video games as just doing strange things. And, right. And not just being mundane life that would bore the shit out of you. Right, right. <laughs> the other one being like, no, games are horrible. I wish I could remember what the levels are and stuff. I don't know. You got to look it up. It's fucking... Yeah, that's... It's, it's an incredible... Huh. Uh, I, there's, I'm sure there's videos of it. Yeah, and... and with the magic of emulators, I'm I'm yeah, sure you can yeah. actually get through it now you without actually, wasting your entire uh, life. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. There's probably a angry video game nerd <laughs> about it. <laughs> I know you're a fan, so yeah, look it up. I don't know. Or you, the audience. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> could look it up too. But we will not look it up now. Yeah, so somehow I doubt it came out in America. No, it definitely did not. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, like the magic of emulators, you could you could theoretically play it now. I'm sure. Yeah, just have to find out what it's called. And yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but uh, I'm I'm sure the internet has the answer. They do, because I at one point <laughs> saw what it was called and thought, oh okay, but it wasn't enough to, for me to remember it. Oh well, well. Uh, figure that one out <laughs> <laughs> yeah um while i was watching zoo warriors from the magic mountain i was kind of sad because i don't know if we've watched a wuxia that's been like fight focused and I felt sad for you <laughs> because uh, I know you like the, the swords and the sword fights and the idea of that. Right. And uh, there's a lot of movies that have a lot of really great sword fights and they're <laughs> really focused around that. But for some reason, we keep going towards the, the, the ones that don't have that. The, the more just magical adventure Yeah, ones. yeah, which is, I mean. And that's fine. I mean. And that's fine. But every time I'm just like, ah. We did it again. <laughs> I guess I did it again because I'm the one like basically choosing these. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of wandering blind through this library of movies <laughs> right, that right. I can't read the titles of. And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> and if I even if I do, it's you know, Zoo, the magic word. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Sounds fine enough. <laughs> and, and not that there's anything wrong with this movie, really, but 
No, yeah, I don't know. To me, there's nothing wrong. I think it's fucking brilliant. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's its own thing. It's it not, is. Yeah, it doesn't need to be a fight focused martial arts extravaganza. It can, no, it it has plenty of other bizarre <laughs> things going on to make up for that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, it's got its own range of things that it it brings to the table. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this movie gave uh Soy Hark the uh the nickname that kind of has run th- through his career of uh, Hong Kong's Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting that that this is the equated to Spielberg in terms of Right. Well, the focus style on, style is completely different here. Stylistically <laughs> yeah. definitely not like Spielberg, but the the focus on special effects mm. and um trying to make like like um a lot of wuxia movies necessarily weren't big budget movies Mm. even like when the shaw brothers movies like they were still making shaw brothers whooshes in 1983 um shaw ended in 85 they might have stopped production in 84 but um anyway right around this time and at that time those whooshes are like pretty rich and opulent (laughs) and like really um like lots of effects and lots of uh dope costuming and lavish sets and stuff like that but it doesn't necessarily equate to a big budget because shaw has this whole like non-stop production model that keeps costs down and things whereas basically got a storehouse of things that get used and reused over yeah 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 i'd I feel like they were still making costumes and stuff. Because, like, I don't know. Like, the background stuff, for sure, there's people in the same villager costumes for, like, 20 years. But (laughs) maybe not the exact same costumes. But, like, a lot of the, like, the heroes' costumes or whatever, I feel like they made those specifically for for each movie. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes sense to want to. Because they're, you know, relatively distinct. Yeah. Yeah. You want to make your main character iconic. You right. want to just make him look like that guy from <laughs> right, right. five years back who wore the same thing. You know. Yeah. And I mean, at the same time, I don't know that that I'm necessarily remembering like every costume from every movie. So maybe they are reused <laughs> throughout and I just don't remember. Yeah. But I feel like uh, at least with the main characters, they're making their own yeah. stuff. And, you know, I mean, I, I mean, you think about things like... I mean, the extras, if you're going to do it right, you're putting almost as much effort into their costumes as the main characters for someone who's just going to be there for a little bit. Right. And quickly forgotten. Yeah. But if you, if you don't spend that effort on him, he looks like shit and stands out, and then you do remember it as being shitty, so you do kind of have to put this extra effort into something that's not getting a whole lot of screen time, so it makes sense to just pull that into the next movie if you can right. and, yeah, and no. get your use out of that because you are getting your use out of a new costume for a main character because that's the whole focus of the movie right but for sure for something that winds up just getting relegated to the background <laughs> i can see somebody just going like oh just reuse that why why make a new one <laughs> right no th- that background <clears throat> stuff definitely gets reused for sure mm-hmm. uh yeah 
all the they're all wearing the same kind of robes and that's why a lot of Shaw Brothers movies are period because they it's easy to just roll it into the right. next movie and keep it going and then when they started making like Republic era 1920s things then they started making quite a few more of those because you know the get our money's worth out of these guys right. things we made for this era and in those cases like a lot of the first movies would be like a Cheng Che movie like a really maybe more of a big budget movie because they would give Cheng right. Che money that they wouldn't give somebody else right. because he was the guy he was, that he was putting out the hits yeah he was putting out hits and he was like uh artistically driven and they allowed him to be so unlike the other directors so so they like if he said i want to make the fucking water margin big budget movie they said okay <laughs> whereas other directors didn't have that luxury right and uh like speaking of wuxia Wuxia like basically died in the early 70s when Bruce Lee came out mm. when Golden Harvest dropped those movies nobody wanted to see fantasy they wanted to see Bruce Lee <laughs> so like <clears throat> the 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 hand to hand fighting movies basically like grew up for the next number of years kind of overtook the Wuxia stuff yeah there. like and the Wuxias that Shaw released in that those intervening years were all holdovers from that had just never been released from the early 70s mm. um, until 76 when the one of the big pillars of wuxia cinema chor yun finally convinced run run Shaw to let him uh, make a wuxia and he'd been trying for all of these years like mm. you, let me make a wuxia come on like i got a good idea i got i got the we're gonna make it off of these relatively popular novels you know they're popular right now we can make a movie that you know the cross promotion sort of thing right but he's like no nobody gives a shit about wuxias <laughs> like we're not fucking making it but eventually he convinced him by the mid 76 they made the movie. It was one of the biggest movies of the year. And then Chor Yoon spent the next, I don't know, eight to ten years making <laughs> like 40 fucking whooshes. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and they were all, not all of them, especially towards the end, but most of them were huge hits because they were completely different than earlier Shaw whooshes. And they mm. sort of built all the the groundwork of what became like zoo and other 80s whooshas like hmm. the roots go all the way back to the 60s but the main like trunk of the tree is basically the choryun whooshas uh-huh. which sort of uh <clears throat> established basic uh, i don't know how to <laughs> basic tropes but i don't know there it's hard i don't want to say tropes because it's like trope seems like a bad word i don't know like <laughs> it has like a negative <clears throat> connotation to that i guess but anyway depends on your perception i guess yeah i don't remember how we got i got down that fucking rabbit hole but uh at some point yeah. gotta see some chor yoon movies yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like he's fucking awesome yeah, he he's uh remember we watched Thundering Sword right, the sixties movie? Thinking of that one, yeah, that was he, uh, uh that was early 
67. So that's early Wuxia. Right. Of the modern, what I think of as the modern era, 60s to now. Not classic. Classic being 50s and before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and traditional. Like, I don't know. When I got into movies, that was the basically the the breaking point was the 50s for classic and like so many years have passed and it doesn't seem like the bar has changed (laughs) at all it seems like it's still that 50s and 60s in my head and in other like classic film people they they don't seem to like to put 60s and 70s in into those you know they want to lump that in i can see that i mean that's you're developing different eras. Yeah. You need more words to describe right. different eras. We need more. Yeah. And, you know, comic books have wound up with That's the golden age, the golden, and then the silver, yeah. and then the yeah. bronze, and then the dark, and now we're into modern. <laughs> dark. Is that like that the That was the 80s? 90s, 90s was the dark age. Okay. That's that's when everybody went. Oh, let's make big guns and big muscles and have oh, them wow. ridiculously <laughs> proportioned. That, that was the the aftermath of Alan Moore and Frank Miller. Okay, because they had suddenly gone really dark, and yeah. made and started making the stories like more tackling serious issues and yeah. and then and that's also I think when the uh, Comic Code Authority fell apart. And the restrictions on you can't have drugs, you can't oh, have okay. blood. And so, similar to anime in the 80s when they developed OVAs and suddenly bypassed TV yeah, censorship, okay. uh, comic books kind of went, we don't have all this censorship. Let's do all the crap we couldn't do before <laughs> just because we couldn't do it, not yeah, for any reason, okay. just because they'd been repressed for decades and right. needed to bleed that out of their systems. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I'm Alan Moore and Frank Miller are both like awesome though. So I feel like they at least had some artistic Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know. They had visions that they were trying to achieve. Yeah. And it's and a lot of people were just trying to replicate that success, I For think. Sure. Of yeah, just being yeah. like, Oh, they made Batman dark and gritty, so we're gonna make this new superhero with like Bloodwing or God knows what freaking name. <laughs> fucking I mean, Bloodwing. I don't know. They they were probably a guy named Bloodwing. <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. I mean, there were so Sounds many plausible. Like so, the 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 dark age of comics okay. came about in, in and that's the 90s. just the nineties. Kind of, I think, just basically the nineties huh. and and the two thousands. Two thousands, I think, we kind of get into the, somewhere in the two thousands. It becomes the modern okay. era of comics. Huh. And what what is the signifier of the modern era? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> like, like, is there is there any sort of one thing that defines it i don't know i don't think so or is it just modern era until the next era and then basically i think it's just modern to an extent i think you can't define the modern era as it being anything but recent yeah because i think you need hindsight to look at it and see what trends were really becoming important and shifting it i would say if anything now what defines the modern era is uh, kind of an integrated mythos of integrating everything into oh, itself. Oh, okay. I can kind of Like see we that. have with the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. I think the comic books have been doing that even more hard-lined of, of tying everything in. And yeah. I mean, that was always... Making... It was always kind of there in comics, it, for it sure. It kind of always was, but I think it's kind of really 
become a thing yeah cross promotion i could see so. that i mean like i remember infinity gauntlet when that was in the i don't know yeah. probably 92 or something i mean there was every fucking marvel title in you could imagine like fucking had infinity gauntlet crossover in the right. in the corner <laughs> And you're like, how the fuck is Spider Ham <laughs> crossing over <laughs> with the fucking Infinity Gauntlet? You know, like, what the fuck? And you know, DC was kind of doing that in the '80s too. And, yeah. And I think so. I don't know if that's really just something that's well more now. I think it's it's like, I could see that it was like a big event. Yeah, I could see it I happening more so like it seems just like, all the time. Now. Yeah, it's just. If if it's not that, then it's just a longer story arc that it seems like you have to have, like, these bigger just arcs yeah. of a story of, like, at least, like, you've got a good six-issue arc, and that's rather than just individual little uh-huh. one-issue stories. But, I don't know, I mean, I haven't been paying too much attention for the past few years, so. Yeah, I don't pay attention at all. Um, to, yeah to most things modern <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i've kind of dropped off of the comic book stuff for a while so what is going on at the moment i certainly couldn't tell you but i don't know but what i do know is that we are the perfect people to talk about it <laughs> right, right. <laughs> having absolutely zero <laughs> knowledge of it <laughs> yeah so I don't know. Not sure what the modern age of comics would be defined as, but yeah, I, don't I, know. I think narrative technique is definitely <laughs> shitty. <but laughs> maybe that's what I'm defining them as: having no knowledge of them at all. Right. right. <laughs> oh, I just started reading a Thor comic from the seventy late seventies. Because uh, one of Laura's doctors is like this super fucking nerd, yeah. comic, sci-fi nerd. And uh, the last time we went in there, I got him on... I don't remember what the fuck we were talking about, but he got on this big like, comic recommendation <laughs> thing t- telling me about all these comics. Wow. And one of... Cause I, oh, I know what it was because I, I said something about... Uh, we were talking about Infinity, Infinity War, the movie... Mm. And I was just like, oh, I remember Infinity Gauntlet when I was a kid. That was, that was dope. And and uh, I like the celestial aspect of the, the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so then he was like, oh, fuck, you, you know, you got to read the, the Eternal Saga from, from Thor where they, they fucking get all this celestial shit. Have you read that? Oh, you got to read it. <laughs> so then when I came home, I I got a hold of it on the uh, on the computer. The, I read comics on the iPad now. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, works perfect for that. It's yeah. a great, uh, great device for that. Yeah, I can imagine so. Yeah, so I I've been reading those. Uh, is it Jack Kirby? No, it's uh, Roy Thomas and uh, who's the fucking artist? Busema, I think. Hmm. John, I believe. I don't know. I'd have to look at it. Yeah, it's it's a post Kirby, but it, it still okay. kind of looks like Kirby's style. Yeah, not as uh, not as thick on the ink lines though. Yeah, because I just know Kirby did a lot of the Eternal stuff, the Celestial stuff. Right? He yeah, he, he created a lot of. He stuff. He did. In, in I think that he was a little bit before mm-hmm. 
this time. I don't know what he was doing in 79, but... Uh, I'm sure he was still around. Yeah, doing something. But Might have moved over to DC at that point. Yeah, I, I know, know he's done stuff for DC as well, I think. Yeah, he was he was big doing like Superman stuff, I think. Like he Oh, really? Wow. I I'm, I'm pretty sure he did a lot of like Jimmy Olsen stuff. Oh, like wow. he he went and So I I know he did some major stuff with DC for a while. So huh. When all of the timing of Yeah, I, I when don't he was doing what idea. I can't keep track of, but like most comic book people, he bounced from Marvel to DC and yeah. back and forth. That seems to be a consistency in the comic book world. I, yeah, it really does. I remember it being a big deal when I was a kid that um, Todd McFarlane, who who was doing uh, Spider-Man, right? Like when he left yeah, and went and started time. Image, yeah. It was like, I mean, I was a kid, so everything seemed like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like, it seemed like that was a huge fucking thing. Like, I don't, I mean. Yeah, I remember that being a pretty big deal when it happened. I mean, and I guess image is still a thing now. Yeah, I think it's still around. So yeah. I guess it's still, a you know, <laughs> like I mean, it's a lasting At some point, Frank Miller started doing his own stuff like yeah. sin city and hard-boiled and that weren't marvel or dc yeah all that shit is fucking awesome um, <laughs> i love all that stuff think of, uh, michael turner i think it is went left and i don't know he might have been with image when he made witchblade i think witchblade and fathom are image yeah so yeah there was kind of that period of we're gonna yeah start jumping off and Try doing our own thing break up the monopoly of marvel and dc and right spread and and with the uh the comic code is gone so they can right right you know think, get uh, edgy where yeah, marvel doesn't want to get Spawn edgy. and witchblade were definitely a part of that yeah, we can yeah. do this crazy shit now that we couldn't do before yeah spawn was cool at the beginning i don't i didn't read past the first i don't know 15 or something yeah. Yeah. I guess that's uh that's our lovely description of Zoo the Magic Wizard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Went off the fucking rails. Um I did want to say uh I don't know if we're ending, but uh I did want to say that uh many years later Soy Hark made a another zoo movie oh. i've seen it described as a sort of remake hmm. but i looked at the basic story and it doesn't seem like it's a remake at all <laughs> but i haven't seen it so i don't know for sure yeah. but uh, that movie that movie is called the legend of zoo hmm. and uh, it got a release in the u.s under the title zoo warriors uh, adding further uh, confusion to the mix yeah. for people who didn't know about the first movie. You know, for some reason, when you gave me this movie, I said, Zoo, like, this, this sounds like something I've heard of before. Like, it, yeah. it's like some weird, like, I've heard somebody mention this or talk about it. Maybe it's that uh, Maybe. newer American Maybe. release that I Yeah, that was uh, 2001 when that movie came out. And they showed, uh, I saw the, the trailer in the theaters when I saw something. Hmm. Um, so perhaps you saw it in the theaters. 
the trailer or something. I yeah. don't know. Or just somebody discussing it or perhaps, perhaps. I don't name. think it did very well, but uh the name just stuck into my head somehow. Yeah. For, well for some reason <laughs> I I'm just jumping mentally into some weird movie I haven't actually seen about it was some weird like quasi martial arts kangaroo fighting yeah yeah warriors of virtue there we are that that's why that's it's the <laughs> yes, warriors di- in the directed name. by the... ronnie Yu, director of oh. bride with white hair <laughs> that was his first american movie yeah yes i'll bet the warriors in the title is what connected probably and the us. idea of of just for... weird shit going on <laughs> yeah yeah and uh it's i we saw that in the theater when it came out um because we wanted to support Ronnie Yu and his <laughs> debut American movie, so we saw it, and I remember it being okay. All the uh, the fighters and the the effects and stuff are all like Hong Kong teams, hmm. um, so it has some cred. I haven't seen it since, so I don't know if it's any good, but yeah. definitely a forgotten movie. <laughs> I don't know that most people remember that one. Uh, yeah, I don't think it did very well either. I kind of doubt it, but um, but yeah, there's so Soy Hark returned to Zoo, made another movie in 2001. Um, also, what I didn't know, I th- I knew that he did the two movies, but what I didn't know is that there's also multiple television series um, in China based around this novel as well. Yeah. So uh, from from the 80s, 90s, there's one a few years ago. They they just keep cranking them out. Uh, they, they just love this series of books, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and at eight volumes, I, there's probably, probably got a lot of content, <laughs> plenty uh, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and especially if uh, this movie was doing all eight books, that would be. <laughs> yeah, I doubt I, that it's doing yeah, all it's, eight it books. Seems like I don't think it's I don't that know where you could divide that down. Yeah, yeah I mean. I mean, it would it'd be like, oh, so it was for this entire eight-volume series, this eyebrow guy tying up a devil for yeah, the... I, don't, like, I can't see that being more than one book. No, I don't... Yeah. I mean, I the way you can splice a movie story around, you could maybe rearrange things. Right. Do something like that, but... Yeah, I'm sure they took just small aspects of things maybe from all of the books or some of the books or whatever i don't know right <laughs> what the f- i don't know anything about it um and until i re- be- learn to read chinese or uh somebody translates somebody it, translates you know. it then i don't know yeah, there is some movement on the translations of not oh, of this right. book but uh there's uh there's been some recent translations coming out of wuxia novels so Maybe if those are popular, then uh, it will continue. Sounds like something to check (laughs) out. (laughs) Um, But speaking of not being popular, this movie did not do well, unfortunately, (laughs) at the box office. But it was uh, critically, uh, it was nominated for multiple Hong Kong film awards. Mm. And uh, Soy Hark it didn't sink his career or anything. He went on to, to, to make many, many more movies. <laughs> You're still making movies now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this was, he he made four movies before this, 
the fourth was his only real big hit though like so mm-hmm. he was kind of getting disgruntled then he made this this kind of a straight comedy weird sort of i don't know detective comedy called mm-hmm. all the wrong clues <laughs> and uh that was a huge hit like fucking exploding every everybody went and saw that movie and then he made on the back of that he made zoo which i'm assuming was pretty big budget but it failed (laughs) pretty miserably um but he kept going win some and lose some yeah and it's a good thing he kept going because there's a lot of good movies that came out of his later years like once upon a time in china and uh, many other things he he's the guy that gave us John Woo. Without him, yeah, John Woo wouldn't have got a, a chance to make Better Tomorrow, which wouldn't have, uh, which yeah. then spiraled into things like The Killer and Hard Boiled. And yeah, now we got a rather huge, uh, important figure in the legacy of Hong Kong cinema here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. i feel like i don't know he's he's so awesome i want to give him better justice but i don't know maybe i have already i don't know do we we have anything else to say about this movie i don't know Um, you enjoyed it yeah it was it was fun a little rapid paced kind of maybe need a second viewing to really get it yeah properly, i would say for sure yeah but it would definitely be a, a fun rewatch yeah that's the thing about this movie it's so it's just constant fucking fun like and that's another thing about soy hark is like he's always trying to combine like populist entertainment cinema with more um artistic pursuits this one is way more focused towards entertainment, but at the same time, it's also one of the most highly produced, like crazy, like intense special effects whooshes ever made, like ever. <laughs> I mean, nowadays they have CG, so it's maybe a little, it, you know, it's hard a to different compare. different form of FX. Though, right. Yeah. And like the the other Zoo movie is, is full of CG because it's CG, early CG era. Mm. So, uh, I just, I don't know, like the, the, the technical, technically in terms of technical filmmaking, like this is an attempt at wuxia that hadn't necessarily been done in this, in Hong Kong up to this point. Hmm. And I don't know, (laughs) but that idea of, of, of merging artistic and entertainment is theoretically the idea of all filmmakers, but he's specifically trying to do that while also mixing tons of genres and like, it's just, uh, that's fucking Hong Kong movies. (laughs) What most people know of as Hong Kong movies, but it all kind of stems back to this Hong Kong new wave of like people like Sammo Hung and, Soy Hark and other people as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I have one question that maybe just has a simple answer of nothing, but yeah. Um, the, the weird demon things that were in the jars and that 
cave when it was the, the first jars. cave he goes into when there's the they're flying around and attacking him. And yeah. I was wondering, like, are they an actual like thing from folklore or probably just? But I don't. I couldn't tell you what they are. But they're <laughs> probably. I mean, I'm sure that most things have some kind of basis like that. Yeah, for sure. Oh. All right. But I don't know. As as I suspected, the very quick, just sort of. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, that's that's one of those things that. Uh, you either look up or you keep watching more movies and maybe it'll pop up again and you and you you know kind of I may have seen it in other movies but I just didn't just not think about it you know it, yeah. yeah but uh, yeah I just got to watch more <laughs> yeah cuz I, I I really liked those guys and yeah, I was like oh yeah. I want to see more of them like what it <laughs> yeah this movie you you only get <laughs> what you get of each character right <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, unless it's the one of the main kind of guys um you're really only getting uh <laughs> these brief glances at the other supporting people right yeah they were just something i was hoping there were other yeah uh, versions of in other movies or i'm sure there are maybe if i remember when I listen back to this, maybe I'll I'll investigate. That's usually when I remember because I right. have it in my head and I'm not actually remembering it. It's just playing and I go, oh, yeah, and I'm at the computer. Yeah, so, hey, why not? Just <laughs> poke around on the internet. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's it. All right. Zoo, Warriors from the Magic Mountain. Uh, fun, rambunctious all over the place every place you can think of it goes there yeah it's fucking awesome <laughs> one of my favorite movies uh i think ever <laughs> i fucking <laughs> love this movie and yeah so uh until next time uh adios see ya <laughs>we got some feedback it's uh this one going all the way back to episode number 30 Ooh, wow was that before i was even here that was the first one you were on oh okay that was the one where we just uh talked about anime in general oh right, right. nothing back. specific yeah so there's a comment on that um by someone that is going by the name mobile force actual <laughs> an actual mobile force and uh he says or she says or they or whatever the force says (laughs) the force we're talking to the force the force itself uh says you guys sound like me i disagree with steven (laughs) that sdf macross tv was all shoddy animation it was inconsistent a lot was rushed and farmed out to Korea, but some sequences are still some of the most spectacular ever animated for TV. Check out episode 18, Pine Salad. (laughs) Also, Steven is the only other person I've encountered who pronounces Evangelion as Evangelion (laughs) with a soft G. I always had this Debate in my anime club in the 90s, since we were speaking English, shouldn't we correct the Japanese mispronunciation of the word angel? Great podcast. I hate the modern world. 
and live in the past as much as I can. <laughs> right. Well. So what do you have to say about these uh, accusations? <laughs> accusations. <laughs> the aspersions to my <laughs> credibility here. I won't disagree with that. That's a, it's a common thing, especially in older anime. It's kind of, well, it's still a thing, but back in like the 80s, especially and before then, you'd have very mixed quality to an animation. Where yeah. The animators would go, okay, here's this scene we really want this scene to work and shine. And so they're going to put all their resources into one particular scene or shot or sequence that they really want to be animated well. Yeah. And maybe detract resources from somewhere else in order to get that done. And so you, right. you especially in the eighties had a, an older anime back then you would have this very uneven it quality. Still happened. Well, maybe not uneven now, but it's still, you can definitely tell they're still, Right. Like, Picking and choosing. Yeah, it, it still happens, yeah. but it's much more noticeable back then. Like uh-huh. in more modern anime, it's less uh, obvious. Okay. It's, it happens, and if you watch for it, you can definitely see. Yeah, I have to but, watch this. Yeah. Macros is on Amazon Prime, and I haven't. I was meaning to yeah, at least and, try one or two. And I have not seen the series in a while, so it's. I may be a. Not. Quite, I don't quite remember any specific scenes that I can point to and say, these were really good and yeah, these yeah. were really awkward. The only scene I can particularly think of is in the opening credits where uh, you kind of see from the ground level a uh, plane turning. Yeah. And it, like it's taxiing out to uh, wherever it's actually going to launch from. And uh-huh. so it's pivoting and you're watching the nose cone kind of go past you and it kind of looks like the second hands of a clock ticking. Like, chink, chink, chink. Oh, each, okay. Each frame is it's very obvious where each frame is that it's yeah uh, it doesn't feel like a smooth movement it's more uh-huh. like a and it's not like an artistic choice no it's no it's not supposed to be that way <laughs> no it's okay. just that it, it's you know you're you're watching it's like watching a second hand on a clock that yeah. ticks one okay. tick at a time it's just <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah it's turning but yeah, you know, the animation can only do so much. But and that's in the opening? That's in the opening credit sequence. That's in every show? Yeah. Okay. So that one was kind of noticeable. You'd think they'd uh, get the money out for that one, but... Yeah, I mean, well, like I said, Macross, <laughs> the, ori- the original Macross was a pretty damn low budget. I don't think it was based on any manga or yeah. uh, previous ser- or anything else. So it was not getting a lot of attention until it came out and... Then everybody was like, holy shit, Macross is awesome. And and then it started getting uh, to be a thing. Okay. But, um, certainly it was not expected to be uh, the massive success that it was. There was probably one, you know, the, the people who were making it, or at least the guy spearheading its production was just like, oh, this is my thing. It's going to be so great. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it became successful, he's like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe some maverick guy in there who's just like Perhaps. who was on the ball and had his <laughs> finger on the pulse and knew what was going on and nobody else did. Yeah, or the and the producer who greenlit it too. I mean, he might have must have seen a spark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely a yeah. Macross was an interesting one. But. So maybe uh, we'll have to uh, go back and watch that one. Yeah, I mean, you you should definitely see it at some point because it is, 
it's also not just that it's good, but it was it was kind of playing with ideas in ways that uh, were not done at the time. And yeah, it was really trying to actually come up with explanations for weird, goofy, giant robots crashing through shit. Like, <laughs> okay, it was like, oh, we're gonna do the most ridiculous shit. And it's going to make sense. Wow. <laughs> and it was like, what? <laughs> like, so it just, ha- I mean, you've got the Macross itself as this giant transforming robot that has like aircraft carriers for arms. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus. What, what the hell kind of weird ass idea is this? And then you watch the <laughs> show and it's just like, it just makes perfect sense. Like, well, of course it's got aircraft carriers for arms. What else were they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're saying that it makes sense, but I don't know that I'm really buying it at this point. And that that's kind of the genius of Macross is that you'd go, oh, well, that's why, of course. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I look forward to that aha moment. Yeah, it's, you know, they, they had a, they were, yeah, it's, uh, I hate to spoil that, so I'll, yeah, just, yeah, I'll, no. I'll leave that as a, a mystery, but it just, there's actual reasons for okay, things. Okay, all right. Like, why do we have a giant 20-foot-tall robot stomping around? Well, because there's giant 20-foot aliens stomping around, and we actually want to be able to interact with them on the same scale. And so (laughs) so it was like, oh, there's kind of a reason for that, and a a logical reason of why would you have a giant robot? What's the point of a giant robot? Well... don't need a reason (laughs) but that was the point of macross it took these things that in anime just had no reasons yeah because why would you need a reason for a giant robot and they said well let's make a reason for the giant robot and so that was one of the things it was doing was actually you know kind of justifying things that occur normally within anime is yeah we're gonna actually come up with reasons for this to happen and make some kind of sense out of it and so prior to that shows just had giant robots no reason it's just a giant robot well, it'd be like i think voltron might have i don't know if voltron preceded it or not but i mean it would be things like that i mean super sentai was certainly around and that was just yeah i, mean, I feel like there's got to be some reasons within the each show i don't know yeah well yeah, they're giant robots, and they they beat things up. <laughs> right, but I mean, there has to be a giant thing for them to to fight. Right. And so that's right. probably why they went giant. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's generally the thing is, oh, there's a big Godzilla right, right. monster stomping around. Let's make. I mean, we got to be giant. Yeah. Let's make a giant robot to punch it in the face. <laughs> like, never mind that the laws of physics would make that totally impractical. And well, <laughs> you say punch it in the face, and. The laws of physics don't matter to me. <laughs> I'm just punch it in the face, the period. <laughs> and that's how anime normally works. Yeah. And how Macross wanted to be a little bit different. See, I don't know if I need explanation. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've heard that the earlier like Gundam stuff was kind of trying to do that too. It was designing technology. It had some weird yeah technological things going on that was huh. actually trying to make sense of it but i'm not huge into gundam so okay yeah there's a lot of that stuff there is a lot that stuff is that's one of the oldest uh mecha anime out there wow. it's like from in the 70s was putting stuff out so wow it's definitely a, an oldie yeah so what do you say about the uh neon genesis oh evangelion yeah I and mean, that's 
I don't know. I I think a lot of that is just because I came into anime from the 90s and from yeah. like, I still say manga. Nobody else I've ever met says manga. They'll say manga because that's how Well, fuck that. I mean, <laughs> I feel like anybody who's like manga is kind of pretentious i don't know and that's kind of what i've kind of felt about it and it's like well evangelion kind of the same thing it's like i speak english i'm ju- i'm just gonna say things in english yeah pronounce like i'm not trying to speak japanese right that doesn't how do they say it in the show um i don't know that evangelion is ever actually said in the show it's usually just said as eva okay so it's the full word itself i don't think was ever actually used in the show itself okay so it's just it's the however title however you yeah, want to say so it. it's kind of yeah i mean i guess you'd have to probably go to like the actual uh, creators talking to see how they pronounce huh. it but weird yeah so just, so uh, there's no consensus on what is right um i mean i guess there would be in the sense that japanese pr- would people would pronounce it evangelion but and yeah. just, but but yeah, we're not going to say that in in uh, America, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, I speak English. I'm I'm not trying to become Japanese here. It's like you know, I'm yeah. When I when I looked at it before I knew anything, I always thought it was Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's based off of uh, English word evangelist. Okay. Or. It's probably going back to an older Greek version of the word, but uh, yeah, it's uh, not really. Yeah, it's not even a Japanese word in the first place, so I don't see any particular need to pronounce it Japanese. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, the uh, some fans get all like uh, up and uh, snooty about pronouncing things this way right, or that right. way it's like, and i don't know and who that's cares? yeah i think that's more what i'm getting at is just like who cares it's right like, it doesn't really matter like it it fucking blew my mind um i think it was a couple years ago when guardians of the galaxy was coming out and they were all calling um how the fuck do they say it i don't remember but i've always called thanos thanos oh. i read the comic his name is fucking thanos <laughs> and then they were pronouncing it like thanos or thanos yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's i always said it is thanos and like that sounds so wrong <laughs> but that's like uh creator of thanos <laughs> called him fucking thanos and and it's like no it's fucking thanos thanos sounds so much more badass to me but uh you know and so like that's how I'm going to say it. I don't give a fuck, but they can say it their way too. I don't, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of my thing on it. It's like, I mean, it, you know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah, going to be particular on being up to some bizarre unofficial standard. That's right. Like, like who's setting this rule? Just some dude on a computer who's just like, no, it's supposed to be pronounced this way. <laughs> like, I don't freaking care. Like, right, right. There's no, like, high grand dictator of pronunciation that 
things have to be pronounced the way that <laughs> you know he doesn't sit there writing the dictionary and just be like no it must be said this way if you don't you go to jail <laughs> you're just making me think of uh judge dread <laughs> <laughs> you pronounced did. it wrong <laughs> <laughs> Courts adjourned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing like that. It's just, I mean, language is fluid and flexible. You, yeah, and that's why there are different languages in the first place. Is that people said things differently and then yeah. lived far enough apart that they never met each other and kept saying things differently. And <laughs> yeah, the way it works just the way it, yeah and it's always gonna be that way yeah you know tomato tomato baby <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's i don't see a problem with it i don't see any <laughs> serious issues with it anyone who walks up to me and calls things manga i'm like whatever yeah and i think it's more weird when people say animes like they anime s to be plural i'm like not really Oh, <laughs> like it doesn't really need an S to be plural. It's like, where do you hear that? Like, I just bought five animes. Yeah, like sometimes, like, or like I've seen all these animes. I'm like, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, that just sounds weird. But I mean, whatever. It, it does sound weird, but it also sounds funny to me. So <laughs> yeah, I let it slide. <laughs> yeah, it's just something I've never thought to do. Yeah. And yeah, it's like a, it's an all-encompassing word, anime. Right. Just, you know. and, and, that's, and that's something that does exist in English. We have like sheep or fish. Yeah. Or, and we have these nouns that... Sheeple. Yeah, sheeple, <laughs> yeah. You don't say sheeples. <laughs> but oddly enough, I have seen peoples as a word. Peoples? Yeah. Pluralizing people, which is already plural. The peoples of the world. Peoples of the world. Yeah. I, I, Where it's yeah. it's referring to multiple groups. Yeah. Which is itself. So, so basically, it's like the word group. Group is a multiple. Right. But, but it's if you have group, multiple yeah. groups, you have you have two different groups. So right. So peoples yes, can be used yes. that way too, and that you have. Well, that's a proper. Yeah, that's like animes. Animes is just a. <laughs> yeah, it's just a a weird thing. Just sounds goofy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. It yeah. makes me laugh, and, so I like it. Yeah, I mean, Japanese words don't properly have a pluralization. No? Sense. How the fuck do they talk about two of anything, then? They have I to am, pluralize something. And basically, it, it's an entire word of its own, basically. Tachi gets attached onto the end of words a lot. Okay. And that kind of means that there is so a tachi. Group is equals s <laughs> yeah yeah kind of in japanese but i don't think it's mandatory like you could be yeah. referring to multiple things without it anime tachi <laughs> you could yeah that would be a it's kind of a funny when they uh say it at the end of a person's name yeah as sort of like a y'all kind of a thing but oh, okay. but they'll attach it to the person's name so to, it's like re, you're signifying one person but then referring to all of his buddies that are with him okay but still using this one individual name so huh. that's that's, that, that's kind of weird when i hear that and yeah that's funny. like oh well, that, that's strange grammatical construction there but yeah hmm interesting 
be like Bob Touchy. <laughs> it's like there's this one guy in there named Bob, but he's got like a couple other people hanging out with him, and that's Little his Bob Touchy. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> like all right, let's. <laughs> if we had a robot sidekick, I'd name him Bob Tachi. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like an English guy and saying, "Oh, the Bobs are coming," and it's like, yeah, Bob, Joe, and Walter. Like, wait, right, like, right. like, yeah, no, that's a funny, that's a weird like, thing. Yeah, it's like no, there's not multiple Bobs. It's just the one Bob, but he's got a group of people with him. So, huh. So yeah, pluralization in Japanese is a bit interesting. I guess but, so. I guess so. Who knew? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Tachi. So, in general, there's no uh, changing of the word to make it plural. Okay. So. Hmm. Well, there you have it. (laughs) A little Japanese lesson for you. Yeah, the the strange (laughs) little things I pick up watching anime. I guess so, yeah, that's cool. How correct I am or not. I'm sure there is some bizarre rule that I'm (laughs) totally oblivious to and how that actually functions. Armchair Japanese. Yeah. (laughs) That's the way to do it. (laughs) You're ready to go to Japan now, I think. (laughs) And immerse yourself in the culture and language. Yeah. So, hmm. what else was there in this... uh, feedback took me a while so there was wait we're still talking about this feedback thing yeah no it yeah it's uh uh macross evangelion is that how you say it? evangelion evangelion you say so evangelion I, yeah, I just like evangel or evangelist yeah yeah it's just a variation on that word so that's how i've always pronounced it and then uh, and, yeah and then at yeah, the and the whole title is like Greek neon Genesis, even like the whole thing is. So it's yeah. just like, it's just weird to me to go from uh, saying this clearly Western pronunciation of words and then suddenly to change it at the last minute, oh, yeah, last that, word in a string to suddenly be. Yeah, that's weird. There's already a G in there. Genesis. Yeah. Well, shit. <laughs> that's your fucking answer right there. Yeah, Crack the code. A, yeah, it's the <laughs> Yeah, so so that's it. He just said uh, great podcast. I hate the modern world and try to live in the past as much as I can. So, uh yeah, that's a Yeah, that's kind of us <laughs> pretty much. And I've uh I've made a few attempts to keep up with modern anime just to see where it's going, what it's doing, but Yeah. But yeah, most of the time I'm wanting to stick in the past. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good place to be. Yeah. Still a bunch of old anime I've never seen, so. Yeah, and probably will never see. There's yeah, you know, all there's kinds of stuff out there. So probably. much of it, yeah. And, and even more so Hong Kong for you. I mean, that's. I have a feeling there's even more Hong Kong movies than anime out there. So. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Crank them out. They're probably quicker to produce than anime. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think anime is kind of becoming more than like it was fewer in the past. Like, it's yeah, a, a growing. Okay. It seems like there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, there's, there definitely is now. And I don't think that there was quite as much of it in the past. Okay. I think there's just huh. been more of it now. And a lot of it just, it feels like there's a lot in the past just because, uh, there's so much of it 
cumulatively you know well yeah yeah it just has accumulated to the point where all the old anime i've not seen is massive but if right like a dozen a year that's a a lot of anime going back 40 50 years you know right right <laughs> that adds up to a whole crap ton but. i think about that with people like like when i was a teenager i got into movies in the late 90s and so, like, everything from then to now, that all happened. And so then, like, a kid in the teenagers getting into old movies like I did, now yeah. old movies is now, like... Even bigger than like, it was when you were yeah, a kid, like Yeah, like, way <clears throat> bigger now. And so all of those things, like, I don't know, it's all those 80s movies that just are not indiana jones so people forget what the fuck they are so they you know like yeah some kid is never gonna see i don't know i, can't I come th- in peace that's never yeah gonna, something that, like that's that never gonna wind up on the classics list right except for the silver emulsion <laughs> right, classics right. List, but. well i was looking at the the list of things that we've done and it's it's mostly pretty fucking obscure shit most <laughs> we, of the time but that, that's kind of our thing almost is like yeah, we kind of hunt that down. We don't just right. Well, that's, yeah, that's deliberate. I think on our part, it's. I don't know that it's a deliberate choice. Like, okay, I don't want to do that as too mainstream, but it's not something that I think about. But it definitely is something that is just always happening, <laughs> right? <laughs> just like, oh. so one of these days we'll have to hit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's a big movie. Uh, <laughs> Fucking Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I don't know. Uh anyway. <laughs> the long feedback ramble. Yeah, yeah. Um so uh yeah, so uh we'll see you on the next episode. Uh thanks for the feedback. Send in some more if you want to. Uh and then uh, yeah, adios. Right, see ya. Listen to the shit that fly out your mouth.